Hey, everybody, this is Chris Golden, and you're listening to The Spokane Man on Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again for tuning to The Spokane Man podcast on Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I am joined by Grammy, not Grammy, Dove Award winner, and he just released a project with William Lee Golden and the Goldens. Please make welcome my guest on the Spokane Man podcast today, my new friend, hopefully, <laughs> Chris Golden. What's going on, Chris? How you doing, brother? Hey, Spokane Man. I'm doing wonderful, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today. And you bet we're friends, so uh, we will be for life. So I appreciate you reaching out, and I'm honored to be on your show here today. Well, Chris, you just sent goosebumps over my over everywhere <laughs> you know it, and I, I i was telling chris a story about how my family uh before the pod before i started everything about what his song shoebox means to me talk a little bit about how shoebox came to be about it was a uh i actually did not write that song it was a jeffrey Steele and tom hambridge song i've written and it, it i felt that it fit me to a t and, it, and I, it, usually if i don't write the song i try to pick songs that i wished i would have written and i have three children of my own i saw how fast life was going by and I, all i ever tried to tell my friends that had babies and kids and stuff is man make good memories make good memories and uh and that's what i tried to do with mine mine are all grown now and i'm still trying to make good memories with them and for them and and uh but it was basically the shoot uh the song talks about you know it's the little things that mean the most it's the it's the little moments in life and to and to fill your shoebox, you know, the, the, you you kids today, it's it's all about the hard drive or uh, how much you got up in the cloud. But back when my day, we did put memories in shoeboxes, and we had photos and cards from our mother, and uh, you know, little trinkets through life, and ticket stubs and things, th- things that were memory would remind us of a good memory. Scrapbooks and basically a scrapbook in a box. And uh, when I put the video together, that's what I pretty much revealed uh, was my my scrap box for life. So if anybody wanted to watch that video, they can pretty much see me grow old in three and a half minutes <laughs> and go from a baby myself to having babies and uh, and raising my own family. So it's a powerful song, and I, and and it's it's an honor to get to sing it. So I'm. Uh, humbled that when you were telling me that it had touched you and that you, you know, played it at your grandmother's funeral and stuff like that, man, it, uh, that's a humbling thing because as an artist, all we ever try to do, or all I ever try to do, I, 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 I don't know about other artists, I can just speak for myself, but I'm sure others would feel the same way. Man, at this point in my life, I just want to make music that touches somebody in some way, whether it makes them, uh, you know, want to shout, clap their hands, dance, uh, or or have any kind of emotion. And that song there is one that that brings on emotions of a tugs on your heartstrings a little bit. So uh, I'm honored to get to sing it. 
Now, for the people that don't know, your last name is Golden, and obviously you're the son of William Lee Golden of the Oak Ridge Boys. And in my personal favorite William Lee Golden song is a song called He Leads On on the Rock of Ages album called Time Has Made a Change in Me. And that song, when my grandmother was passing, that song got me through everything, and it still does, like your song, Shoebox. Talk to me a little bit about what your dad, William Lee Golden, was like influenced you on like music wise because i know that he he wasn't all just country and rock too i know that he was really much just everywhere did his music type of music influence the music you make now oh absolutely uh and you know my dad uh, joined the Oak Ridge boys when i was just two years old and from the time that i was two i mean we had buses in our yard and you know my dad got on a bus and left town and Back then, I thought they were as big as the Beatles because as a gospel group, they were at the top of the charts and uh, drew a lot of people, even when they were gospel music. When my dad joined the Oak Ridge Boys, they were on Warner Brothers Records, and that was pretty uh, wild to be on Bugs Bunny's label when you're a gospel group. And they, you know, uh, it was mainly known as pop music and stuff like that. So the Oaks actually had a, a great career. The first music that I really heard was primarily gospel music because that's what my dad did. That's what he was around. That's what we were around. I grew up backstage. I was a backstage baby. And uh, I've always been referred to as the son of one of. <laughs> you know, I'm the son of one of the Eldridge boys. And my dad being uh, probably the main one, he's the guy with the long white beard and He's the man that hired each of the other ones that are there. So he's been there for a long, long time, since 1965. And even as we got older, uh, when the Oaks were going country, my, and as, I, as I grew older, my mama had a good record collection, too. And as far as my own influences, my mother's family was extremely talented, too. She was one of eight brothers and sisters. They all played and sang. And as we got older and older to get to go to different kind of concerts, Dad exposed us to all kind of different music. Uh, you know, I can remember going to see Kansas when they had just come on the scene and they were in a pretty small place. Uh, but we, they were doing, uh, you know, Dust in the Wind and uh, Carry On My Wayward Son to probably 100 people at the time. It was a fairly small place, but we... We used to go to concerts when he was off the road with the Uckridge Boys, which was kind of rare because they worked so much. But we would go to concerts, anything from Bob Seger and Tom Petty to Earth, Wind and & Fire and, you know, all kinds of different music. So, yeah, that uh, influence it was, uh, was great, and so was my mother. She's the one that got us into Glenn Campbell and Gladys Knight and Dan Fogelberg, Jackson Brown, and James Taylor and some of that kind of stuff. So uh, I got influenced on both sides of the family. And my brother, Rusty, was also a huge musical influence because he was the oldest brother and he was basically in charge of the record player. He was our entertainment director. And uh, <laughs> he was the one that, uh, that, that bought most of the music back then. So we had to listen to whatever Rusty was into. And as a drummer, I was playing drums and I got into the band Chicago because it was a lot of great horn arrangements and drum playing going on. And I played along to those records when I was, you know, 
11, 12 years old. I had an average white band. I used to love to play to their records as a drummer. We would play, and, and a lot of Elton John and Billy Joel type stuff too, because we were into the piano. And uh, so I love playing along to the records and reading the album credits and seeing who all played on what, you know? So. And anyway, yeah, both of my parents and my brother had a big influence on my music. And also, your other brother Craig drives a tour bus for Jimmy Allen. Is it is it different artists or is it just Jimmy? Uh he was exclusively with Jimmy there for a, a good while. But Craig, man, I mean, he was he drove for Kid Rock. He he drove for uh, you know Melissa Manchester and Melissa Etheridge and. He was always the star coach driver and still is. And he's out on tour with a, a band right now that he can't, he's not even allowed to say who he's out there with. So he always drives the biggest stars. I mean, anybody from Lemmy, you know, Motorhead, Lemmy, to uh, to some of the country people. But uh, he's, he's been on the Janet Jackson tour and a lot of other different kinds of pop music and pop music artists like that. So, so. My question for you, Chris, is is a lot of these influences, like you like you mentioned, have you gotten to meet anybody that you just met and you're just like, oh my gosh, man, like I can't believe I'm meeting, you know, Bob Seger, you know. Honestly, man, I've been, I've been so blessed to have been around so many circles and television shows and award shows and things like that and big shows like farm aid you know I, I was on four of those farm aid shows so i mean we got to meet everybody from guns and roses to you know i got to meet a lot of my heroes man and uh so i've been really blessed but I, i've been around so many different people none of them really wow me that much one of the most special nights i ever had i uh, was playing drums for the group alabama and we got to do the inauguration I played at the White House for when, uh, you know, Bush 43 was there. And I saw also, uh, uh, I got to do a, a concert in College Station, Texas with the group Alabama. And uh, we were on the show there with Lady Gaga. And I got to meet five presidents that night and have my picture made with all five of them at the same time. So that was pretty special because... I later read that all of the presidents, the only time that they ever get together is when one of them has passed away. But this was a unique thing. They were all coming together for a big benefit concert uh, for the flood victims of Houston during that time, uh, right after a big hurricane came through there. And uh, the younger Bush president put it together, but he invited all the other presidents and they showed up. And we got to go backstage and meet them. And one of the cool things about that is, you know, you see the other ones talking about each other on television, but backstage they were all acting like best friends, man. So I wish they could act that way all the time. <laughs> so that was that was a pretty unique deal to get to meet all five presidents at the same time. So, you know, and Chris, I, I you know what, dude, you are one amazing guy, and you know, I know that uh, back in the late 80s early 90s your dad was exited out of the Oak Ridge boys and y'all got to go sing together and this is gonna it kind of came full circle on this new this new 3d 
uh, I guess you could say, CD collection of uh, William Lee Golden and the Golden's classics. What was that? What was that experience like back in the '90s, '80s, and '90s compared to now? You know what I mean? Well, I tell you, man, we. Uh, you're right. My dad. I mean, my, my dad hired all those other guys, and it was a, it was a thing that man that he uh, basically kind of got booted out or voted out uh, for different reasons, mainly probably just a lack of communication or what, whatever the reasons were. Uh, it was not a great thing for the Oak Ridge Bullers, but it was a great thing for our families because for those nine years, we got to take a family vacation that we had never gotten to take because we were, he was always on the road with the Oak Ridge Bullers, and that family vacation lasted nine years. And we, we went around the country. We played every major fair and festival. We did countless television shows and made tons of television appearances. But the guys that we had in our band uh, were all longtime brethren of ours. I mean, you know, we, I had known every one of them since I was, uh, you know, eight, ten years old, something like that. So they were my heroes, and they were not, not really that much older than I was. But, you know, there's a big difference for when you're between uh, nine years and then somebody else is 17 or 18. Well, man, you know, when you get 30 and they're 36 or 37, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a, a an age gap, you know, or twi- I should have said 26 to 32 or something like that, because that's about how old we were back then. We were in our 20s and early 30s. But, uh, and we were a band of brethren, man, and we were a band of brothers and went out there and toured the country for, it lasted for nine years and we had such a great time. Fast forward to this time, during those nine years we were together, my brother and I were recording as the Goldens and we were on Capitol Records. We also did an album for Epic Records and uh, my dad was recording for Mercury Records. Well, we never recorded anything together. We toured together. We were his backup band, and a lot of shows it would be just the Goldens. And some of we had separate booking agents, but we had to we got to work twice as much because whenever we would get a date, we'd say, "Hey, for an extra little bit, you know, you can have William Lee Golden come." And then when Dad would book a date, they would say, "Hey, man, you know, his band is on Capitol Records, and if you'd like to get them to do a few songs." you know, off their new debut album, and you can have them open the show. So we got to work twice as much that way back then. But all through during those years, we never recorded together. We were always on separate labels. Well, uh, after nine years, I started having babies instead of hits. So I took a sideman job working for the Oak Ridge Boys. Started out playing piano, guitar, and wound up on drums for about 17 years until my kids were grown. That's when I felt the calling to go do something else, and I had never lost my desire to sing. I kept making solo albums during that whole time, and for the last eight years, it's been mainly gospel music. My brother Rusty was an award-winning, is an award-winning songwriter. Uh, he's had a couple of Song of the Years uh, in different genres of music, and uh, we had never been had the opportunity to all get together and do anything until that pandemic hit. And during the pandemic, uh, dad 
called us over to the house and started talking about doing this project, said it had been on his heart for a long time. And at that time, my mother was really sick. She had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. We knew we didn't have that long with her because uh, it was an aggressive cancer and it took her pretty quick, man. But music is a healer. And Amen. dad always puts that. And he he wanted us to go into the recording studio to try to help heal from that loss. Not just for us sons, but for him too. Even though they hadn't been married for a long time, they were still best friends and still had great admiration and love for each other. And uh, we all went into the recording studio and we started out recording gospel songs and we did 13 songs together. Uh, some of them were really emotional because of the, what we had just been through. And then it turned into more of a, you know, a country type classic country stuff. And before we knew it, we had recorded 34 songs and had really just scratched the surface on what we wanted to do. But we thought, well, we'll release these three projects at the same time and see how it does. And yesterday, they all came out, and uh, we found out that we were, like, number 19 in the Apple Music release. I've gotten write-ups from Fox News, Billboard Magazine, and all these different outlets are really jumping on board with it, man. And it's, it's a musical heirloom for us because... It's not only my brothers and my father, but my three children are all playing and singing on it too. So it is a true musical uh, family heirloom. Hey, talk to us about how uh, y'all got the rights and, well, not rights, but talk to us about how you got to sing Elvira on this new record. Because I was listening to it, and I, if I'm not mistaken, your son Elijah is leading on it. Am I? Is that right? That's correct. And, you know, we Dad, it, that was Dad's idea. He wanted to do songs that had influenced all of us. And he, he was mainly the guy that was picking the songs out. The only one that I really brought to the party was You Are My Sunshine. I wanted to do that one because that's the one my mama taught us how to sing harmony to. And uh, the one that um, she taught my children how to sing harmony to. So... But Dad wanted to do that one because that was, a, you know, a big song for him and one that he sang on. But he didn't want to sing on it. He didn't even want to sing on it. So uh, my dad is actually not singing on that cut of it. That's me and my brothers and my son, Elijah, and my daughters. We're all and Aaron McCune. So it's all... Uh, it's all the next two generations after, you know, not the Oaks, but that was Dad's idea. And my son really brings a blue-eyed soul to it, and I believe he has his own take on it, you know. So he did a great job with it, and we're really proud of him. He's up at Brown University in Rhode Island at the Ivy League School, Brown University, and uh, studying English, wants to be an English professor. And I told him, I said, well, you know, that's what Chris Christopherson was, who was also a great songwriter, uh, actor, and made a living as a singer, too. So my son's equally talented and all that kind of stuff. But we're so proud to have him singing on this new cut of Elvira with us. And, and do you have, last question, and I'll let you go, because I know I said 15 to 20 minutes, and we're pushing. Uh, do we... Do you have any funny stories of your times with the Oak Ridge Boys? Man, there are so many. I, 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 you know, I, I've, 
I'll tell you one that was kind of funny was uh, we used to do this thing at Fanfare every year. Well, Fanfare is when all the you know fans from all over the globe actually come to Nashville and there's free concerts all over town and they have charity charity games you know like they'll have a their own version of family feud sort of thing and then they, they had a big celebrity softball game i was a little bit younger at the time and there were a couple of movie star girls there one of them was uh brooke shields i don't know if you remember her man but she was kind of the hot thing at one time and i wanted to meet her so bad and, and i i was not play. i was in just in the band at the time and i I was not playing with the Oak Ridge boys, but I knew I could get a ticket in to see to, to meet her. And uh, this was before I got married and everything. And uh, so I come out there on the baseball field. I see her pitching baseball back and forth with Joe. And I say, hey, Joe. And uh, he says, hey, Chris, come on over here. So I go out there, and I'm the only guy on the baseball field <laughs> getting my parents' baseball outfit. And, man, I got about 30 feet from Brooke Shields, and she looked right at me, and I looked right at her. And I just knew <laughs> I just knew she was going to fall for me. But what I didn't know, <laughs> that, was, that was my big ego. I thought, man, oh, I got to meet this girl. You know, I was going to ask her out and everything. So uh, I got about 30 feet from her, and she looked at me, and our eyes locked. And... Our eyes locked the whole time that I was walking toward her. <laughs> and what I didn't know was uh, I got about 15 feet from her, and I tripped over first base, and I fell. I fell for about 20 feet. <laughs> it was one of those things I kept trying to I, – I, I was looking at her, and I didn't see the base. And yeah. I tripped on first base. And I, 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 it, it took me about 20, 20 feet. To tr I was kept trying to catch myself the whole time. I was, uh, I was falling, and I fell right down at her feet. And I looked up at her, and I said, "Nice to meet you." And when I got up, man, I had white chalk all over me. <laughs> uh, so that's something funny that happened to me. Well, uh, I was. I've never been that embarrassed in my life, man. And, that, I, and I did that in front of about 20,000 people. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Chris, for being on this episode of the Spokane Man podcast. And, and uh, brother, you are a great man. And I hope our friendship not, not doesn't get any shorter. It just gets greater after this podcast, my man. Don't, don't be a stranger, Spokane Man. I hope to see you out there sometime, okay? Yes, sir. And, hey. You know, if you ever need an opening act, you, this is my personal number. Just shoot me a line on it, man, and, and just shoot me a call and be like, hey, I need an opener and on the West Coast. Come under, on out. Under, the, under one stipulation, man. I don't get there and you doing all my songs. <laughs> What's that? No, I said I, I, I'd be great, man. We'll do it sometime, okay? All right, brother. All right, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening now to the Spokane Man's po podcast. Man, I'm like a little kid in the candy store. Ladies and gentlemen, my dear friend, Chris Golden. Thank you, Chris. Thank you.